Hey, this is Rob, and this is episode 34 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right. So for this episode, I have Bradley Taylor of Stewed Nuts. Oh, nope, that's not right. It's now The Donut Trap, uh, formerly called Stewed Nuts and Donuts. That's when I met him. I first met Bradley outside of Brit's Pub in Minneapolis. He was selling some donuts and cold brew out of his donut truck. Met him, started following him on Instagram. I was like, this guy is hilarious. And that ended up leading to like this kind of like unofficial partnership we have of like pop-ups. We did this Instagram influencer event that kind of kicked off the whole social media front on Instagram for Folly. Uh, he now does like real estate on the side. This guy is super busy, like super driven, and one of the few people that acts on stuff like faster than I do. Uh, also, a heads up if you're not into uh, swearing, this episode is probably not for you because Bradley is about as filtered as a French press. Ha <laughs> ha, coffee joke. Uh, yeah, so uh, enjoy. All right, cool. So we are rolling. Oh, fuck we, yeah. Yeah, we are live. Oh. So I'm live here with Bradley. I don't even know how to introduce him these days. If it would have <laughs> been a year ago, I would have said Bradley of Snood Nuts. <laughs> but he's changing what he's doing like every other day. <laughs> and so why don't you introduce yourself? Um... I'm Bradley Taylor. I'm the owner and founder of uh, the Donut Trap, previously named Suit Nuts. Uh, I do real estate investing, fucking father of two. Can we curse on this shit? I don't care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, father of two and a husband or whatever, you know, just out here working and twerking and trying to get checks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bradley is one of the, like, the, the day one folly guys. We, I, had a, I don't even remember how we met, but we ended up, to, I think yeah, I just you told me it was outside of um, Target, you remember? It was you and your home dudes, and I was on the truck, I think. And then I was like, yo, try this Coca-Cola infused cold press. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. No, yeah, you were outside of, uh, yeah, the Target right across from, um, what's the place with the lawn bowling? Uh, Br- uh, the British pub. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know. Brit's Pub. Called. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, you, you were serving cold brew out there. My buddy was in from Atlanta. Yeah. And he ta- he loves Coca-Cola because he's from Atlanta. And you were, you were like, try this Coca-Cola cold brew. Yeah. And that's how we met. And I started following you on Instagram. Yeah. And then when we launched Folly, we did that social media influencer event. And that's really like yeah. the first first time we kind of hung yeah. out at length where we had like a bunch of influencers. We do that again, though. Yeah, we do though. So yeah, <laughs> at Lynn Lake Brew, we had like, we just shot out an invite to like every influencer we knew yeah. in the Twin Cities, like 40 people showed up. And that's, that's really the first time that Folly kind of made a presence on social media. That was a really? huge start. Yeah. Cause I mean, at that point we probably yeah. had like 400 followers on Instagram. Now you got like what? 10,000? Yeah, we got 13,000 last time I checked. Dude. <laughs> Fucking out here. I don't even fucking know what you, you're fucking pumping that shit. When I, I was like, damn, how the fuck this dude gets so many followers, dude? <laughs> but you always working, dude. You always in the field. So I'm that trying. Surprise me. Yeah, know? I'm trying. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, Bradley just makes like the best donuts. What what do you even call the style of donuts? Because you have two different styles: the square ones that are a little bit more like the, uh, yeah. the raised donuts, and then you got the circular ones. That uh, what do you call that style? The circular one, it's like our cake donuts. And yeah. then we got our vegan donuts. Yeah. Then you got the vegan donuts. Yeah. So what led you up to starting a donut food truck? Like what is where where are you from yeah. originally? I'm from Compton, California, uh, in Redondo Beach as well. Uh if we want to be specific, we say South Central, you know, and shit in Redondo. Um from out there, moved to Minnesota to attend the U, you know, and shit like that. Uh just for a change, you know, it's, it's hard to leave Cali, obviously you get spoiled by it. And I just felt like I was like healing my ceiling just wanted something new, you know, whatever. So, um, what did you go to the, what were you studying at the U? Uh, before I transferred to the U, I was studying nursing. Like that was my goal actually, like to be, you know, the world's greatest male nurse, you know, RN, nurse practitioner, nurse anesthesiologist. And I was like, yo, I'm good. I wanted this is what I want to do you know and then when I came to you like whatever because of um, credits and stuff like that um they're like yo you can especially instead of transfer in spring they're like well you missed the acceptance date for nursing so that you're a whole nother semester behind and then you gotta make up this this and that and I was like I'm not staying here for like you know another four years to get my BA mm-hmm. so I just did uh sociology and then I'll, with the intent to go into their 
master's nursing program, which was only two years. Now we should clarify that University yeah. of Minnesota, because if you're from Minnesota, yeah. it's the U. If, right. if you're anywhere else, the U is Miami. <laughs> right, exactly. So, <laughs> so you finished up your time in Minnesota. Was your plan to stick around at the time? Um, I don't know. You know, I feel like as I started, you know, dipping and tapping, getting to know the city here and there, I was just like, dang, dude, I, you know, here I am from California to Minnesota. I feel like I've been successful here. I want to go, go somewhere new. You know, and like I was like looking at different because that's how, you know, sometimes people look at their shit. It's like different conferences. You know, I didn't really care so much about like the independent school. It's like I want to be in this conference. So it's like I was looking like at the SEC conference, you know, and stuff like that because I wanted to go down south. And I have family down there anyway. So um, that was going to be my next move. And then a couple of things came up that let me stay here. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. And so what led from you being at the U to starting a donut truck? And was yeah. the truck was the truck the first move? No, we actually had a full blown shop. Um so leading up to that and I'll I'll kinda like take a step back. Yeah, yeah. So um being in California, you like there's two things that are always that kind of dictate a neighborhood and determine that area is like a liquor store. Because back in Cali it's like a liquor store isn't just like ser- serves liquor, which is something that was weird for me when I first came here. Right. You know, um, liquor store is a full blown grocery store, meat store, whatever you need, you know, and stuff. And they sell alcohol, obviously. And it's also like the hub of what's happening in that area, the neighborhood, so forth, whatever. And then a donut store. So it's like those two just went hand in hand. And um, just being exposed to so many different donuts, you know, and stuff like that, you know, like I started getting like just not going to just going to a donut store and just be like dang this dough tastes different from that dough you know this tastes different from that that glaze tastes different than that as i got older you know and stuff like that and i didn't really um really understand that those notions until like i i was like about to graduate high school because like um i moved in with my auntie in inglewood and literally five minutes away from here was randy's donut so like literally my night's like nights would be like I would drive to LMU, we'll get wasted, and then I'll come back at to like Randy Stone to be like three four a.m. Yeah, you know shit when they're just making them. I'll just like sit and drunkly talk to the person there, you know, and stuff like that. And like uh, Randy's was always good. They're really unique and, and stuff like that. And he taught me like the importance of dough, you know, and stuff like that. He'll it's like there's a reason like we've been here this long, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like anyone can make a donut you know but the, the foundation of it is the dough and that always stuck in my head and then um when i moved here i was like where's the donut shops at you know and so i thought i had like people were like yo to get donuts you have to go to the grocery store or the gas the gas station and i was like that's a no-no right that's what i was gonna say I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like as a kid if you said donuts it's just whatever grocery yeah. store you shop at grab a mm-hmm. grab a 12 or 13 pack and exactly. that's what you got yeah that shit's so disgusting dude <laughs> um, but um i was just like i just don't do that shit dude and i just went about my way you know just like i just cut donuts out of my life because i was like i'm not selling for that shit you know mm-hmm. whatnot i just couldn't no matter how drunk high i was whatever i just couldn't do it yeah so like when i would go back cali i'll just grow out and shit like whatever but um it didn't really get serious until i want to say my senior year and what, got, what year was that uh shit this is like 2012 13 i think maybe 2013 mm. i think and um i had like a bunch of free time you know and stuff like that so i was just like Yo, fuck it. I'm just gonna make my own donut, you know, and stuff like that. So I just started thumbing through like Pinterest, different recipes and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, Pinterest was just fake as hell to me, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's like it doesn't really show you. It just shows you the steps, and then all of a sudden you have this perfected looking, you know, product yeah. and that, that, whatever. So I went through a lot of those and stuff like that, and then it wasn't until like my homegirls friend whatever like mom's back in arkansas you know and stuff like that she was like yo like she bakes all the time she she sent me a recipe and it's funny because looking back at it i don't know if it was exactly a um donut recipe but like i started messing with it and like for like a month maybe a couple months was just like getting it getting it like every day you know and stuff like that and then i got to where I, i really liked it and then um i was just like okay every sunday I'll have, like, I'll make myself a dozen donuts, you know, stuff like that. And then the homies start getting word of it. And then next thing you know, like, you wake up in the morning, and it's like, yo, me and who are coming over, 
next Sunday. But then it's just like a bunch of motherfuckers say you just don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, yo, dude, like if I'm like, I'm sitting here like just getting feedback from all these dudes, you know? And it's like a lot of my friends, like they're from everywhere, you know? And stuff like that. Not just Minnesota, but it's like from Texas and shit, like food places, you know, and shit. So it was like really cool getting their feedback and like honest feedback and stuff like that. And then obviously after we graduate and motherfuckers start getting jobs, it's like that's when the orders start coming in. It's like, yo, like I got a plug on donuts. Like I want some for the office and I'm just sitting here like slaving, you know, like it's donuts are not like you can't just make them anytime. Like it's that weird like gap of like early early mornings, late nights, like, type shit. And it's just not a cool, whatever. Yeah, because if you don't make them at the right time, you're not yeah. getting them to the customer fresh, and they're just not going to be good. Literally. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't know. But, um... So, so at this point, are you, are you, like, do you have your license of any sort? No, you, I'm you're trapping just slinging out, the, out of your kids. <laughs> I'm trapping out my apartment, dude. Like, literally, it's like, you, you hit me, and I come down with the desk, and it's just like, that's what's up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's why it, it's so funny looking back at it like why i renamed students to donut trap because just like from the food truck I always called it the mobile bando like and i was just i literally felt like i was like legit just trapping out my apartment yeah. you know and stuff like that so um yeah it, it, it fits right now but um i think my thing was though i was just like dude if i'm sitting here doing and top i had like a job too you know and shit i was like if i'm sitting here and slaving doing these hours i was like how do i know if i'm making money you know, it's different, you know, buying a shirt where it's like, you can look at, it's like, here's a shirt that's $5 in it, this, this, and that, and then your finished product and what you all have into it. no one's teaching you this no. stuff. No one's showing you how to break down yeah. costs and all that. But, like, for me, like, I mean, I always, like, hustle shit, you know, like, and whatnot. Like, I had a t-shirt line, I had this and that, but, like, the way that you broke down always made sense. Like, with food, I was, like, this completely out of my fucking, like, realm. Yeah. I don't know, like, how am I supposed to know, how am I supposed to know how much a unit, like, the unit cost of a teaspoon of cinnamon is supposed to be. Yeah. Like, I was like, how the fuck do you figure that out? Yeah. You know, like, and shit like that. Like, what margin to work at? That's that's the weirdest thing to me. Is yeah. To this day, like, yeah. even with Folly, I'm like, I'm pretty sure our margins are where they should be, but that's based on random stuff that I read that random right. people, it's just like, oh, this is what it should be. There's right. no reason, but it should be. Exactly. And it's like with food, dude, it's like, it's different. Like, for you, it could be like the Amazon could fucking be burning down, you know, where you're getting sourcing whatever type of beans, and it's like, next thing you know, you wake up, you're saying suppliers like yo a quarter acre of my shit burned down those beans that you're paying for that pound just double yeah you know and shit well yeah that's a very real thing right now yeah. with coffee uh we started when commodity prices were really really low and commodity prices are what determine price of beans right. so i was told when we started it's like hey these prices could reasonably double in right. the next year like don't base your pricing off of this right and i was at the time and yeah. so we kind of were able to figure out a way yeah how are you determining what to sell to all and so at this point it's just like friends family word, yeah. word of mouth how are you determining what price to sell at well i think i was just like looking at like what um just online you know what yeah. boutique places were and it's like okay you know dudes are selling tones for like four dollars you know it's like all right well I have no overhead, I, don't, I have none of this, so a good entry level for me would be like, you know, $3 or whatever, you know, and shit, like, and whatnot, but, um, yeah, like, I think, like, my wife Ashley, she was just like, dude, like, go talk to someone, you know, mm -hmm. and shit, and then that's when I came to meet uh, Alec, um, who's my mentor, and I still fuck with him today, you know, who's the owner of Potter's Pasties, you know, mm -hmm. like, and um he just lived right on como like a couple blocks from me and i remember like just always passing his place and seeing like that british like food truck and mini cooper and stuff like that and i was like dope and i remember i just walked in there one day and was like yo i am doing these donuts and i'm getting orders and i'm working my ass off i don't know if i'm making money out if there's any way i can help if you could teach me you know and um i talked to one of his employees and he was like yeah, I'll just leave a message with them. I never thought, you know, you know how that shit works when it's like, whatever. And then you can tell when somebody's writing you off when you're talking, right, you're halfway literally. through a conversation. Don't, you know what? Don't even, don't yeah. even worry about it. But I gave him my name and number and then literally the next day, like home dude emailed me and was like, come down, you know, and shit. And Alec is a fucking hard ass, you know, and shit. Like he, he's from here. He spent a lot of his time overseas, like chefing, like legit chefing, like, in great restaurants and stuff so like he taught me everything from the ground up you know first time coming here it's like here's 50 pounds of potatoes here's carrots here's this that chop that up and it's like 
learning those little intricacies of how to save money and time. Like I'll be chopping an onion. He'd be like, Bradley, you know, when you're moving, he'll like, especially in food industry, he'll like time is really money because your margins are so slim. He'll like be like, yeah, you're chopping your onion like this. And then he'll be like, yo, go like this and chop it like that. And now shave like 0.5 seconds off. Like literally. Yeah. And like, I still do that like now, like, you know, and shit. And it's like, whether I do flour or sugar, you know, it's like, yo, we got to do, there has to be a more efficient way, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And, um, he always tell, like always giving me bits of stuff like that. He'd be like, if you, if you want a good margin, it's like a 33%, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And like, you want to be operating this. You want to, if you can't always have more than one place to go, you know, and stuff like that. Cause I remember one day this dude was fucking pissed, dude, like pissed. And I was like, why are you so upset? And he was like, butter is fucking triple the amount per pound right now. And it was like right now, a pound of butter costs more than pasty. Like and ironically at the same time down the street at the state fair, they're having a national butter carving contest, right. you know, and shit. And he, I was just like, Oh shit. I never like, well, it's, it's difficult to understand at the consumer level yeah. because a, a small business in theory, if your cost of ingredients goes up, you reflected in the end pricing and your customer understands the reason this is cost more because our ingredients cost more. But what really happens is large businesses are able to absorb those costs knowing that they will come down someday. Yeah. And so the right. pricing of everything is determined by large companies that never reflect price of ingredients. Right. And it's really challenging yeah. and you try to communicate it, but it's just to a certain point, it's just not possible. Right. And as a small business, you go, I really hope this goes down in time to be able to right. not go out of business because yeah. you, there are times where you're like, if we sell this, we're losing money. Yeah, exactly too. And like, you know, and um you have to be innovative right you know and shit like he'll say okay if i cut my shit with butter with you know maybe crisco and stuff like that or whatever i'll get the same thing but not you know whatever mm-hmm. and um just being innovative too like learn like especially donuts and you know coffee and stuff like that like coming up with different flavors and stuff like that is imperative especially for donuts you know and stuff like that like he would tell me like how to use stuff that's around you you know what you have in and fucking just make something completely new out of this. And so, so were you like formally working for him at this time? Or uh, was I wasn't it getting paid at all. Almost like an apprenticeship kind of deal. Apprentice straight, mm. straight up. Like I wasn't working for him at all. Like all my shit was just free, you know, and whatnot, like, and what, whatever. But it paid off. He gives me a sexy ass deal for kitchen space and shit like that. So I can't argue with that, especially the location and where it's at, you know, and especially he still feeded me fucking, you know, hella, hella wisdom and stuff like that um and then um so i think one thing trying to go back backtrack like so when i got out of that with the donuts how i elevated that was i have a space now actual licensed space <laughs> you know so no trapping out of the apartment goodbye i'm glad i got my apartment back too you know, and then also to a teacher and an understanding of how to structure the business. And so that space at the time that was from him. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And um, with that, now that I was able to manufacture even more donuts too, drove that cost down. You know, as well, which was cool. Um, instead of being able to proof only you know six donuts in my little oven, I was able to proof like five dozen. You know, and shit yeah. like that, which is crazy. Um, but. From there, I was like, okay, how can I distribute my donuts, which which was like the second problem I was having, you know, and stuff like that. And at first, it was like I could do delivery, you know, just straight up hit the number, I'm bringing donuts. And for like a week, we tried it, and I was like, nah, because I was leaving so many people out, you know, and stuff like that. And then two, it was just like, it wasn't consistent. You know, you make five, five dozen, and you might sell four dozen and have a dozen left or you might just run out super quick right mm-hmm. um and i was just like i don't like that model and then back in cali when i had my t-shirt line we started doing pop-ups and stuff like that and i was just like let me let me do that you know and let me do it in a way that makes it easy for our target market which was straight college kids because stinky town was right there mm-hmm. and um and in a way that i could still work with the community so um i started approaching like a lot of business owners in Tinky Town, and one person that we made friends with was, uh, damn, how can I forget his name? I think his name was Mike, but he, it wasn't even like a real shop, it was like a franchise or some shit, 
Um, and he could have gotten in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> but he was like, he sent, like, I just told him what's up, what I want to do. And he, like, sent me an email. He was like, yo, I'm willing to try this out, you know, and stuff like that. And um, literally, I remember it was right before uh, break or something because it was, it was winter. And I was like, all right, shit. So I threw up, I, like, Photoshop, like, a little, like, I guess, what would they call them? Like a club? Like, you know those cards? Yeah, that people go, yeah, yeah, you know that shit? Yeah. So I did that and I just put it on Facebook and I was just like, yo, donut pop-up shop at here and here and in between those times. And I was just like, it was weird when I first saw someone comment on it. I was like, what the fuck? I don't even know this person. Yeah, I had that yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like texting your friends, you know who that is? Yeah. Like, no, I think that's just a person who knows your donuts. Exactly. <laughs> so it was just, it was, it was weird. And then like, um, I think by leading up to it, maybe like three people or, or something like comment on it. I was like, fuck, this going to be a disaster. But like when we opened it, shit was booming, dude. It was like fucking like a shit ton of people and even like mike was like fuck bro like this shit is crazy and we we sold out everything in fucking like 40 minutes you know or something like that it was crazy you know what i thought at the most at that time was the most donuts i ever made yeah. you know and so i thought i made like a quick couple hundred dollars and i was like oh shit you know and whatnot and i was just like all right like people fuck with my shit or not even that it was like people bought it i was like real test like how they're going to return and like what the feedback is. Yeah. And then next time we only did it once. Cause he was like, I can't be fucked. You know, like, yeah. I can't well, be doing and that's, shit. that's, it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people would think in doing business like that, that you're like, Oh, we do a pop-up, you sell it. It's successful. But yeah. there's this anxiety you get after you sell your first batches where you're like, just selling the one thing isn't going to be success. It's got, the people got to, people got to really like it. Right. And so it's like yeah. you, you sell it and the anxiety is not gone. Cause now you're like, do people actually like what I gave them? Right. Exactly. Dude. So it, like, I think, um, I was like, okay, thank you for giving me this platform, you know, and shit. So where was out, you know, and stuff like that. And another thing I was worried about is like, you know, we're going on winter break for another couple of, for like a month, you know, and shit. So whatever did that, came back and I start was talking to a couple other people. I think we did it in Alpha Print Shop. Yeah. That's when shit really started booming because like I was my thing was like I'm just a dude, you know, I don't have any leverage, no name to me, no whatsoever, you know, and shit. So I was like, let me go to businesses that kinda like, you know, were like not on the downhill, but it's like people just walk past, you know, and shit. Well, in businesses where it's it's going to be a benefit to have donuts yeah. up front, because I, I see that with other pop-ups, they like approach restaurants or they approach yeah. bars and it's like, hey, guess what? If somebody eats a donut outside a restaurant, they're going to spend less at that restaurant. Yeah. If I pop up somewhere and they get a coffee, they're right. going to buy one thing less in there. Exactly. And so a print shop might not make sense, right. but it's like guess what? If somebody comes and buy it as a donut, it's going to benefit that business because now they got traffic out front. Right. And it gets the name out there exactly. without detracting, like you're not stealing sales, from it, which seems so simple, but mm -hmm. like you hear about places people are popping up and you're yeah. like, you right. know, you're like taking business from, they're doing it just to be nice right. versus actually providing a benefit and mm -hmm. that business wants you to be back. Exactly, Sue. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Like yeah. just eliminating that non-competing factor, you know, and flipping it over his head. Um, so I was just like, went in, I was like, yo, like there's a print shop and no one knew about this place, dude. I walked by this place even when I was going to school, I'd be like, oh, and then just keep going, you know, and shit. And this was like super rundown. The dude who owned it, run it for years and years, you know, and like it was stuck in time and shit. And uh, I was like, yo, I can guarantee you, you know, a lot of foot traffic, like instead of people going to, you know, the different print shops and stuff, like even on campus, like, you know, coming from Dinky Town, I would go to the print shop. Well, that the nearest one I knew was like on West Bank, which was fucking like 10, 15 minutes extra walk mm -hmm. from like, you know, whatever. I was like, if I went and knew that I could fucking just get my shit here, you know, like, fuck it, you know, whatever. But, um, uh, he was like, yeah, okay. You know, and shit like that. And, um. We started setting up shop and like shit was just like lines just wrapped around the corner and that's when shit really started picking up when I was like in, you know, the newspaper and shit like that. Not even like news newspaper, but like what the fuck they called the daily I fuck, I, damn, I forgot that. At Minnesota? Yeah, or um, whatever. Like I mean, we got a couple articles of us and like students who were doing like, you know, their like marketing students will come through and do like use us projects and fucking, you know, um, 
advertising major whatever you know shit we're like we want to interview i got an interview for this product you know and shit and it's just like word just started reverberating through like the local circuit like crazy you know and shit and then um i was just like okay like this is cool i get it and like we're just doing it every weekend every like friday it was just like that selling out selling out selling out selling out you know whatever demand just getting bigger so it's just like fuck it let's just go get a shop you know and shit <laughs> and it was like the shop right by um annie's parlor that's been vacant for a minute which was funny because that's where uh, that was the original place of underground printing was that originally gave us our first um spot and um had to convince the dude who who owned it i won't say his name because i don't fuck with that nigga um and like it was just like all right cool i'll give you a shot and shout out to him for doing that you know and stuff like that and um we know what we're doing me and ashley are in over our heads she just graduated you know and shit and on top of that we had a kid you know and mm-hmm. stuff like that so like literally she's like pregnant all throughout college and then the moment she gets a diploma it's like she literally leaves stage and then goes open up a business you know and shit and we had no idea what we we're doing we just knew that we had a good product and that like we i knew exactly who my target target audience is and i knew them throughout like i knew exactly how i wanted to get to these fools mm-hmm. and that's all i knew you know i didn't know really thing about rent this and that you know and i credit ashley for handling all that and she still does to this day and let me be me and um yeah so we got the spot half-assed decorated and shit but people just fucked with us dude like we like shit was really blown up within like that first year it's like you know whatever sales and shit but like the accreditations that we're getting it's like we got ranked best donuts in you know minnesota mm-hmm. or minneapolis whatever the fuck it was we we're like on huge huge like fucking like nationally like art articulate like fucking i don't even know like magazines and stuff like that and it was just gnarly it was a lot coming you know fucking on wcco and all these different shows and it was just like what the fuck is going on yeah you know and like i just it was a lot it was a lot taken you know stuff like that and then um so so what happened what happened i mean we just kept going yeah shit just kept going kept going kept going like we're like we're learning as we're going Mm -hmm. you know and shit like that and like sales just kept going up like people kept fucking with us because i was like dude on top of that i was like all right i want to start distributing like i'll go low-key like start hiring like interns like from students you know and shit just give them things but like yo you want you're a graphics intern like fuck with us on this like you know you take pictures fuck with us on this you this you do this you do this and it was just like yo it was crazy and like you know one of my favorite things was like well i'll assemble like four interns and like we'll make like a bunch of donut holes because i was nothing to make yeah we'll just like send them out throughout campus and like just pop in the middle of class and like drop off like 100 donut holes people are like who the fuck is this like where you get these from you know and like all this shit is just coming back you yeah. know we're throwing like parties and fucking local artists and shit in the shop you know and it was like shit was crazy yeah like it was something always popping you know like always popping there and stuff like that and um we're just so plugged into the culture and the scene there that it's just like people just fucked with us like mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that and um everything was just going really well and then that's when uh my fucking landlord at the time like just snuck this and uh was in talks with tim hortons and shit um which i didn't even know who tim hortons was yeah like you know and stuff like that and um i i remember this like very very vividly because like we've done um we've done a couple of interviews with the star tribune i had some people that i kind of knew there from just us interviewing there and shit and he called me and was like, Bradley, have you checked the permit since he was going on next to you? Because that building next to us was used to be Brugger's. And Brugger's was still paying the lease on a 10-year lease. And they're in, like, year lease number four. And they're still he's still getting money, you know, yeah. on this building and shit like that. Even though it's been vacant, empty, right? Um, was, this isn't the building you're in, the one across the street. No, it's it's a three-plex building. Oh, okay. Um, all under the same roof. And he was like, dude, um, I just saw Tim Horns pull the permit next to your building, bro. And I was like, well, what the fuck is Tim Horns? You know, like, I don't know shit about Tim Horns. Yeah. Instantly, Ashley's looking it up. And she, because he was like, well, you might want to check, but I got to go. And Ashley's looking it up, and all I see is just donuts, like donuts and coffee, donuts yeah. and coffee. 
It's like Canada. It's like Canada's yeah. Duncan. Like yeah, like largest like you know place, and she's like, oh my god, you know, and shit like that. She's like, is this real, you know, and shit. And um, like I called him instantly, like um, my landlord. And I was like, yo, I ha- I heard from some credible sources that you're putting this up, you know. Like he told me, he was like, yeah, we are, but he was like, they're not a donut chain, they're like McDonald's or whatever. Mm. Like hella downplayed it, and I was just like, as soon as he said that, I was just like. I can't fucking trust this dude, you know, and shit, because we're on month-to-month lease, mm. and we're about to sign a five-year lease, mm. you know, and shit, because we're just like, whatever, at this point, and um, as soon as you said that, I was like, I can't trust this dude, you know, and shit, like, and we were just, that was like some of the most stressful times in my life, you know, because I was like, we would be wiped out, like, all, like, Tim Hortons is getting all this, na- like, publicity, you know, yeah. and shit, because obviously the Minnesota Canadian you know, thing and, and there weren't, weren't really any of them around. No, and so there was actual excitement. Behind yeah, like, oh man, it's the first one in Minnesota. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, and shit. I was like, fuck, we're gonna be doomed. You know, and stuff like that. And um, it happened. Like it happened. You know, they open up the like people. Obviously, that excitement and stuff like that. People going to. We saw a hell of dip in sales. You know, and stuff like that. But what's funny, like after a couple months. We started seeing stuff coming back in a way. It was it was slow because like I tried their shit. I was like, I want to know if it's good or not. And like honestly, it was so shitty, mm. you know. And it's a testament because they're not even fucking here anymore. Mm. You know, like that place closed down a while ago and whatnot, along with what all the other Tim Hortons and shit. Right. But um, like I was like, damn, people really eating this shit. You know, like I would like I don't I give people the roses if it's good. You know, yeah. if a if a ball player dunks on me or whatever, I'm like, you dunked on me because you're fucking awesome. You know, and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like hands down, I can't talk shit. But I was like, these things are disgusting, bro. And then like shortly over time I feel like people started noticing that too. It's like, yo, let me check out that, you know, donut shop that I kept passing on the way here. Yeah. You know, and shit. And then people you can start to see it. Like people are like, yo, this shit is way better than that shit I was having, you know, and whatnot. And then but I was just like, I can't trust this fool, you know, like and literally the day he came back was like, yo, so do you want to do an extension? I was like, No. I was looking for an exit plan. Mm. That's what it was. And that's when the food truck started up. Cause I was like, damn, like, what am I gonna do? Like I need someone like I can't trust this fool. We've looked at like a bunch of different other places, but it was nothing like, you know, what made sense mm-hmm. at least, you know, and stuff like that. And obviously, um, working with Alec, when I came in, he had a trailer and one food truck and now and then up until we had our shop this like two years, he had five. You know, so it's yeah. like the writing was right there on the wall, you know, and Shane was like, Get a food truck mm-hmm. and I was like, Okay, and shit and uh, I was like I want to get my food truck from Cali so when we went back there I like got this food truck that we still use and stuff like that got it for hella cheap I mean it looks like I got it for hella cheap <laughs> um, but um, I was just like okay and I sat on that thing for a while like I ended up shipping it out here but I sat on that food truck for a minute like and stuff like that up until he came and was like do you want to sign I was like no nah, fuck you and um, literally moved everything out of the the shop and directly into the food truck and operate like started literally two weeks later like it was just like kind of like a seamless transition did, did you have to get that food truck license did you, yeah for sure how, like, how were you able to do that so quickly were you already kind of working on that yeah since you it was slow yeah yeah because i've heard food truck licensing can be a bit of a nightmare yeah but it also depends on what you're selling like for mm. me like yeah if you have like raw meats and all this shit and whatnot yeah but it's like you know you're fucking with flour and sugar and drying and are, are you like prepping and baking them in the truck or you know okay that, that probably helps a bunch then oh hell yeah dude because it's like it's really just a means of delivery yeah that's that probably makes licensing process because i know that places that have like the the griddle in the back like mm-hmm. that's where it gets really dicey yeah. you hear a lot of people getting shut down yeah or like denied. And it's expensive dude yeah. like you gotta have like your your vents and HVAC system and all that stuff on it. I didn't, and plus I didn't want to be driving around whipping that truck with hot grease in the back, you yeah. know, and stuff. And um, even then, like our model was at the at the shop. It was really just a drop site more than anything. Like we manufactured all our donuts still at Potters, and then we would pack them up in the truck and then drop them off, like roll the speed right. Oh, so even the shop, you weren't making them. Yeah, because it was only like six hundred square feet. Mm. I had like. When we were looking at doing it, like, when we were building out the shop and stuff like that, like, we looked into the option of getting a kitchen, but it was, like, 
all these, all like if you have this many senior, you need that. It was like I don't have forty grand to fucking. I might have that in student debt, but that's interesting because I think a lot of the time you just like you hear business owners go, no, "We have to make it here." Why? Right. Just because that this is where people are coming. It has exactly. to be made here, and it's like maybe. But how important is it that they're made right. here if they're really good, or if they're made this morning and shipped right. over? Exactly, it's interesting. Uh, especially because food trucks are something that's just like people dig food trucks like no matter what it is and like food trucks are so popular yeah. that it's like they people don't eat, maybe they just assume it's made there or whatever but right. it's like you, you the food truck opens up this brand new channel yeah and so you're two weeks you've got the food truck up and rolling you're just out of your place yeah literally you know like fucking um yeah packed up all the shit dropped all the stuff that we needed at the um back at the kitchen you know, and stuff, and... And then yeah. because you weren't producing there, you're not tied to that lease. That's why I was like, so, yo. <laughs> was that's like, interesting. That's why I didn't give a fuck. You yeah. know, I was like, I don't give a fuck, you know, and shit like that. Like, I, it's not like I put a million dollars like Tim Horns into yeah. to build the place out. I'm not tied to shit. We probably put, like, two grand into the shit. Most of the stuff we built up north at Ashley's parents' house, that was fucking sexy as hell. I love that. I miss that shit, but... Like most stuff we built, you know, and whatnot, yeah. and that like that's what it was, and um, and it, like it was a lot learning the game though. Like I thought I was like, here we are. I'm glad I have the name behind me and blah blah. blah. But it was so, it's such a stark difference between you know even parking in Dinky Town, being in Dinky Town, and then driving to let's say um, like Gold Metal Park, which is only like five minutes away, but no one heard of you, really. Yeah. You know, and shit. So we can be waiting on the... I'll be waiting on the curb, get there at 6 a.m. Like, and not Gold Metal Park, but a lot, especially over by where the Viking Stadium is, it's in that little plaza right there, yeah. where, like, a lot of other trucks were parking. And, like, I'll get there at, like, 6 a.m. and then be there until, like, 3 and only make, like, you know, three four $400, you know, and shit. I was like, dude, this isn't working it's not sustainable no it wasn't how many days a week were you operating the food every truck? day every day every day dude we're out there grinding you know and stuff like that and and then i started like getting the game from alec and then also a lot from myself you know and stuff like that i was like dude i can't be sitting out here for this long bringing home three four hundred dollars mm -hmm. you know and shit that's not worth it and then um i was like i went back to the same mindset that was like how i started this shit you know really working twerking getting and connecting with people and um that's when shit really started picking up it was like okay i don't want to just park here you know i in fact i don't want to just park and wait for people you know and shit um and then we just started hitting up different businesses and be like yo like i have this donut food truck because i was like i'm the only donut food truck even to this day on the on the street mm -hmm. you know and um uh like just just that itself not having that obviously having different desserts but donuts you know and shit like that um just going to say if like this was a office plaza you know find out who the property manager was and i'm giving people hella gold right here you know and shit find out who the property manager was and just be like hey donut food truck you don't have to pay a shit but let's work in cahoots to be like yo send an email blast out to everyone that will be here from you know eight to fucking ten and that's it, you know, and shit. And like, we fucking make like $1,200 in that two hours, you know, type shit, you know? And I was just like, yes. And, but then I started getting a little dice because sometimes property managers get lazy, mm -hmm. you know, and shit like and that. And show up and it didn't go out and then you're Yeah, just it's there. like, or like put it out that morning, you know, but, but you wouldn't know that, mm -hmm. you know, and shit like that. And, and like, sometimes you'll see different places that would just be like, dude, you're just, a sh you're just like, you're not going hard you know and stuff like that like i'm showing up for y'all like on time and everything i haven't missed a day i tell you what and keeping that communication like i need you to do your part you know and yeah <laughs> so that's kind of like where we're at right now and like obviously as stuff start picking up now like and then all the it was like the same thing that happened with the shop it was like you know people start reaching out you're in magazines you're getting interviews you're getting this and stuff like that and then and whatnot you're really plugging yourself into that food truck community um then people start booking you out and pay, and it's like oh shit okay you know and like every year it's been like that you know it's like people start hitting us up for like months in advance for shit and it, it's awesome and i'm i'm grateful to have that mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that but it's a lot of work though dude you know like it's a fucking shit ton of work you yeah know? and um for me 
my biggest accomplishment is not even like having the fucking um the truck where it's like not having to be in the kitchen that like i look back i'm like dude that's my biggest accomplishment it's like to wake up in the morning get a text message from my head baker and be like yo shit's good you know and all i had to do is go there and check out the product it looks cool and then just fucking load up the shit and head out to wherever the fuck go. That's like my biggest. So how'd you, how'd you find them? How'd you find your, your team to be able to do that? Through a lot of trial and error, bro. Yeah. A lot of trial and error. Some crazy stories, you know. That's shit. terrifying when it's your own recipe. You got someone that no matter how excited they are about it, like. Right. It's not you. It's it, it, They don't know the work that's gone into it. And so even as passionate as someone can be, it's still terrifying to let a new person take control of something that you've right. had complete control of up to that point. Yeah. And so, so how do you how do you even reach out to find someone to potentially do it? Yeah. Um, like I said, just going to, I had to fire a lot of people. Some people just didn't show up the next day because like a lot of people would think it's just cute. Yeah, you know and shit. It's like, oh, I'm going to make donuts. It's like, nah, dude, we're working. Right. You know, it's hot. It's fucking sweaty. We're over a hot grill. You know, like a frying, a big ass frying thing. You know, and stuff like that. Like, it's not cute. There's nothing cute about this. Like, we we getting dirty. You know. Yeah. And but people are like, oh, dude, on your Instagram, it looks like so much fun. Right. You know? It's like nah. <laughs> yeah, we, we get the same thing. That yeah. you guys are just having fun, hanging out all the time. You're right. like, it's, it's so much work. Yes, and yeah. it's like it's a hundred percent on you how things do, especially yeah. when you're really small. Mm-hmm. Um, how, but like, how are you even? Are you using like web websites or like hiring platforms? How are you even putting the word out that you need bakers? Through yeah, a lot of websites. You know, reaching out to people first. Like I'll, I feel like I go through like my three stages hiring. It's like I always reach out. Th- through like my personal contacts, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Um, that are not people who I personally know, but it's like, I don't want to work with you because I want to maintain our friendship. Mm-hmm. But if you know anyone else, yeah. like, and even then, if they know, they know someone else, you know, and shit. Cause I want so many degrees of separation, you know, yeah. and shit. Um, and then I go through like, you know, Craigslist, Facebook and, uh, indeed. And it all, it all started with one person, you know, I'm not going to say her name right now because i know she won't she won't want me to put her out like that but um she um she came to me and she was just she's fucking awesome like i've had and worked with her i don't like to say like they work for me i just say i worked with them right you know and stuff like that um we've been working together for like three or four years now bro like she came in she was like super excited you know one to learn was vulnerable you know and stuff like that and even if she fucked up like she'll try it again you know i, I love that grit mm-hmm. and um that's all I needed was just one more person, you know, because I want, we can have a kid, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. We got a mortgage and shit like that. Ashley can't be back here all the time with me. Plus, she got a job too, you know, and stuff. So I was like, if I can get one more, per- one person with me, that would be perfect. And then I got her, and we're, it was me and her for the longest. And then it was like one more other person, and one more other person. And it's like, yo, these skills that like I'm passing on to you and like skills that you also put me on, like, take the reins you yeah. know and shit and it all, it all it all started with that person like we both play sports that, that's how you look at it it's like your roster right yeah you know you got your fucking quarterback and shit now like you good yeah and, it, <laughs> and it's it, it's interesting you say that she's just a really hard worker because i think in food business you think the people who are going to have the most success or be the best people to work with are like oh they're just incredibly talented or they're creative or this and that but it's like i think that just being a hard worker is far and away the number one characteristic like you look at jeff with me over at folly and you go well he must be really successful at what he does because he's just a naturally gifted taster which he is or Mm -hmm. because this all just comes natural to him but like behind that door he's working harder than anyone to get to that level same thing with brandon on the cold brew side it's like the the fronts the the customer facing side is casual it's like we're chilling we're roasting coffee we we do love it but then you look behind it and it's like i the only the th- one of the things that keeps me motivated is knowing that those guys will outwork me yeah. if I let up. Exactly. <laughs> so it's almost yeah. like this weird competition to be yeah, like, I- I'm not gonna let them work harder than me. Yeah, and they feel the same way. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny you say say that about competition because like it's like I want you to be better than me. Like she looks at me like because I can roll donuts like that are always perfect like in a shit like really fast you know and she's like I want to be like mm-hmm. that. You know, I'm like, well, I want to fucking be able to fry perfect. I suck at frying donuts, dude. Yeah. I fucking suck at frying donuts. But she is like a fucking wizard. Like, she'll be like, boop, boop, boop. I'm like, 
I want to be like you. And you no, and it's yeah. like that competition, you know? It's like, all right, well, fuck it. You know what? You wrote donuts, and I'm going to fuck it up on the fryer. Yeah. You know? And it's like that weird, it's like that yep. weird you know, and shit. So I, I love that. Yeah, and yeah. it's it, I think leadership in any business, small or big, it's the person in charge, quote unquote. Like, that person has to be the person that everyone looks at to how it's done. Right. And I think really good leaders are ones like what you just said. You're not going to say I'm the best at everything. Yeah. You're going to say you're better at this. And then yeah. that, yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. So this year has been a really cool year. Everything about 2020 is like really dope. I've loved everything about it. Uh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I'm, I'm lying. Um, yeah. So what, what is because winters for food truck, I have to imagine are much slower. Oh, I don't operate during winter at all. Yeah, so yeah. like really, you're you're pumping your business through the summer, but we yeah. hit March 16th. COVID comes along, they shut everything down. Right. What did that do? Did you have? I have to imagine you had some stuff booked out. Oh, dude, our calendar is packed. You know, yeah. like and it always starts with like the top three. It's like you know all the food truck festivals, like Uptown Food Truck Festival, like. Um, basically just anywhere that, that large groups of people dude, are gathered. all our money makers where it's like you know everyone leaves home happy like that type of shit you know like my the people who work the food truck it was like I just made fucking you know $300 dude you know like from working on a food truck you know like yeah. crazy shit that yeah. everyone's happy across the board like those types of things those went weddings went this went that went you know it's like um it sucked you know, we're still still dealing with it, right? Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Like, um, and it threw everything off guard. Like, I got usually it's like April, whatever. I get the truck, prep it, and then we're on the streets. It's like that's not the thing. I'm so in limbo right now that I just don't even feel like normal in a way. Like, this doesn't feel like a summer having all this free time in a way. You know, it just feels weird. But um, I that feeling is so hard to explain to people. They're yeah. like, oh, you have more free time. Isn't that a good thing? You're like. The, the the one of the worst and best things about doing small business is that when you have free time it it doesn't feel good yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. have free time it means that like something's wrong right and so someone might hear that and be like yeah you got free time but it, when you're the one running it, it's like free time's not a good thing right. especially during busy season exactly dude and it's like i mean i can look at it as a loss you know but in other ways uh you gotta look at it as like this time to reset and you know, really get on those housekeeping items, all those small items that exactly. really start to pile up, you know, and that's what I've been doing is just cutting those down, you know, and stuff and refining things and looking at different things and stuff like that and whatnot. Cause I don't even know if I'm going to pull a food truck out. I probably won't. It's like not even worth it to me at this point. You know, I'm happy that I don't really have any overhead, you know, and shit. So that's nice. But it's just like, at this point, it's not even worth it, dude. We're in June, like June, we fucking be rolling you know yeah. and shit like we killing it you know and stuff like that and it's like whatever yeah and you gotta cancel the fair however yeah. many months out you have to imagine that that public uh group gathering's not going to grow to the point where it's yeah. you're going to be able to book an event this year where right. it even be worth it to get the thing rolling exactly and it's like you know i could have done you know maybe some things here but it's like that just wasn't i wasn't ready for that mm -hmm. and like and whatnot and tell the truth i don't have that pressure like, one thing that Alec told me is, like, always diversify, you mm -hmm. know, your shit. Like, he, he'll he tell me, he'll be like, yo, I don't want to make pasties forever, you know, and shit. Like, do you want to make donuts forever as much as I love it, as many doors is open? It's like, this is not some shit that I want to do my whole life, you know, and stuff. So that's, like, really when the real estate, you know, thing came in, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, because of that, like, I'm not pressured to have to be out there on the truck every day and stuff like that. And so how, how did you get into that? Yeah, so um, real estate was something that I kind of always like subconsciously was aware of that I wanted to do, but I didn't know, you know, and stuff. I had like my mom did it, like um, I have like my grandfather and stuff. They have their own contracting business and whatever. My mom was a realtor. She and stuff like that. And I have friends, especially McDonald's, whose parents were just like ultra successful at it. You know, they're just like fuck you know and but it was like looking at that it was like this is so big i don't even know where to start yeah. you know and shit like your dad is like barely ever home anyway like we, that's why we're always partying at your house because motherfuckers <laughs> always gone so i can't talk to him about shit you know like yeah. so like i i just didn't know and um i think it happened like one winter like i just had it off i was like i'll get my real estate license so i signed up for a course got licensed 
And like for me, I was like, I don't like it was like a my motivation was two things. It was like one, I never want to be that vulnerable again. And two, I want to be able to educate myself and others too. And then obviously sell houses and shit. Because like when we bought our first house, like you could have told me anything. You could have been like, oh, this place is like this and that. I'd be like, sure, where can we sign? You know, and shit. And like, I look back at like that. I'm like, dude, she could have sold us anything or whatever. And we could have been fucked, you know, and shit. Um, Luckily that didn't happen. Um, And then got my license. I was like, yo, I want to sell houses, blah, blah, blah. And then once I got into it, like, and started like talking realtors and being like a buyer rep and, you know, listing agent and shit like that i was like it's a lot of fucked up shit in this business like <laughs> fools don't give a fuck you know shit it's like all about their commission shit you know and stuff like i can't tell you how many houses i've been in that are like yo that's not right like this is someone's home that's gonna have kids it's gonna build a family and you're like trying to like fucking cover this like really big flaw up that might not happen now, but in five years, like these dudes are gonna be the hook for on the hook for fifteen grand. That's not cool. That didn't say with me. Like dudes, like look at me well, a straight face. Home, like, okay. Homes to me are one of the weird things that is easily going to be the biggest purchase you make in your life. But right. because it's so big, human psychology is almost like, oh, if this house is two hundred thousand dollars, what's another twenty thousand dollars? Right. But if you look at anything else in your life, and they're like, this thing costs twenty thousand dollars, you're like. Right. No, yeah. and, and so that, that that's always been the weirdest thing about homes to me is like yeah. even even with realtors taking I don't know what's the standard commission that a realtor yeah. might take it's like three point five yeah three point five percent that you're paying them yeah you go oh it's that doesn't seem like that big of a right. number but when you look at it in terms of thousands of dollars that's yeah. they're making like it, it's almost like oh that's the industry standard because I know nothing about mm-hmm. it and so to me it's like that's the industry standard must but I. I don't have a home that I've bought, but when I do, I would look at that and be like, why are they getting paid that much? What, right. what are they offering outside right. the fact that they're licensed? Right. And it's almost like the real estate license is something that's like, oh, I just have to have someone licensed. So right. you're closest to me exactly. as opposed to like expecting them to add value to the process. Right. Exactly. And like, what's craziest amount of power and influence these dudes have, you know, and shit like dudes can like literally single-handedly like if me if and like five other realtors who had like some pretty serious clout we can literally fucking come in a neighborhood and just like fuck it up in a good way or bad way like for real it's scary dude yeah like for real you start putting out word like this start putting like it's crazy and it's like dude like this isn't cool you know and i was just like i want to step back from that you know and whatnot and like i don't like if my friends hit me up anytime like about like they're having like they want to do this or think about it. Like, just give it to them wrong, give it straight. And um, for me, I was like, I'm just going to become a buyer. Let's start buying properties, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And like, what's crazy is like buying property in a way is it's exactly like opening your own business and running it. Like how we looked at the margins of like donuts and coffee. It's exactly like that. Exactly like that, you know, and shit. It's like, you know, say we buy this property for 200K. All right, how what's the average like rent rental income on it? Like where are the cap rates? What's the operating income? You know and shit like that. And then at the end of the day, like if we can rent out five, five, just to make it simple for it, like start throwing out those terms. I have five about a bought five bedroom house is two hundred k right. My mortgage is fifteen hundred, but I can rent each bedroom out for five hundred dollars. That's sexy, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty hot. And on top of that, like the only bill that you're really paying is trash, which let's say is three hundred dollars a month. Like, I'm still taking home almost 50%, like, in profit, you know, and shit. Just whatever, you know, and stuff. I could be a slumlord and let this shit run into the ground and still just be collecting checks no matter <laughs> what. But that's not me. Yeah. But um, it, it's crazy. It's kind of, it's it's moderately passive in a way. Because one, shit can fuck up and you can be like, fuck, which I've had that happen to. Yeah. You know, but, like, it's nice. You know, to just be like, dudes calling and be like, yo, um, I got your rent check for you. It's like, that's hot. You know, and stuff like that. Um, and to grow that and scale it is sexy. Yeah. So, and that's just shit that you're just doing on the side, you know, and stuff like that. It's like. So what do you consider doing on the side at this point? Real estate or donuts? All <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing kind of both, bro. Like right now with donuts, we kind of pivoted. 
um, in a way. Like for me, my my uh, this summer, this season, I was like, I I don't want to be on the truck every day, just dipping and dabbing here, because I'm getting sick and tired of like these half-ass like yeah. property managers, you know, and stuff like that. I want more control in my my book. That's the especially after the incident happened when we moved out of. Um, our brick and mortar. I was like, I never want to be in that position, you know, and shit. Like, I want control. Like, if I open up another brick and mortar, I'm fucking going on the building. You know, if I yeah. want to do this, I'm overseeing and have direct contact to those people. So, um, I was like, I'm not doing a truck unless, like, I have, like, actual events already booked out and we could do a truck all day like that. But then, weirdly enough, like, what really was popping, something that I never really paid attention to, that was just like cool little side money to bring in, was farmers markets, bro. Yeah, like farmers markets, you can fucking like ball out, dude. Like yeah. we did our first farmers market I did was uh, Prior Lake. Shout out to them, we still fuck with them. They go hard. Um, and like Prior Lake goes hard. Prior Lake goes <laughs> you heard hard. You're probably literally first. <laughs> People bring their checkbook though, dude. Real talk. <laughs> um. And, um, like my, my home dude's girl at the time was like, yo, you should, you should come to our, our fucking farmer's market. I was like, what the fuck is a farmer's market? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so whatever, we paid the shit, paid our, paid our rent, paid our booth fee, which is like $50, you know, every Saturday. And like, we made like, I think I just sent like 10 dozen donuts out, you know, and shit and came back and we sold all of them like hella early too. We had sold out early and yeah. like. Um, which I won't even name her, but I love her though. Like she, she was like, "Yo, you can't be fucking up like that, yo." Like if you sell out like an hour early, that doesn't make me look good and, yeah. and whatever, you know. And plus, on top of me, it's like, damn, that's more money I'm missing out on. Yeah, but it was her first time. She understood whatever and shit. Um, I was like, dude, we just made like five hundred and something dollars, like straight cash, yeah. you know, like straight cash, yeah. dude. And I was like, okay, cool, you know. And that's just some fuck off shit. <laughs> so this makes me the farmer's market angle. So were, did you already have vegan donuts at that point? Or was it something that you just discovered? Oh, our donuts. Yeah, that's funny. Because yeah. I think I remember you mentioning that, that you're like, you, you heard about vegan and you're like, wait, yeah. our donuts are vegan. Right. No. So it was funny. Like, I didn't really realize like how important it was to actually like label things. Yeah. You know, for me, it's donut. You're fucking eating bullshit you're going with it you know you're going with that mind that it's like it was greasy blah with sugary cool yeah. but then like i didn't really know it's about allergies and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i'm like look i would like look at our race so i was like oh like our donuts are dairy free and nut free you know and stuff and that was important to some of the people who are coming in whose kids want to try yeah, it when you're you talking know? farmers markets yeah pull out the list right dude like it was crazy and then um i was like i can't just have race donuts we got to diversify the roster you know so i was like i want cake donut. And it just so happened that the recipe that I made for cake donuts was actually vegan. So it's funny. Our cake donuts are vegan regardless. You know, shit. Depending on what we put on top of them. But the base is vegan. Yeah. And, um, like, because a lot of people come in and be like, do you have any vegan donuts? Do you have gluten-free donuts? I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and shit. But I'm just looking at a customer three that I had to turn away. Yeah. You know, and shit. And then, like, it wasn't to my homegirl. I'll name her Kirsten. was like... I, I was running through the recipe because she was like, yo, these are fucking good. And I was like, are they? Because I don't like our cake tones. I'll say I'm not the biggest fan. See, those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah. People love those shit. I love that. I don't really like them. But she was <laughs> like, yo, these are fucking legit. They're legit. Those, are, was, those are my favorite that yeah. you make. <laughs> she was like, what's in these? And I was like, a little bit of this, a little that, a little that. She was like, Bradley, this is a vegan donut. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, so I got my cake donut and I got a vegan donut. But in Dinky Town, I, I wouldn't say it was vegan unless someone asked. Because, you know, you got a bunch of frat dudes come in who are eating cake donuts. And that's the, yeah, that, yeah. isn't that funny? That, yeah. if, like, if you told me this is a vegan donut, I'd be like, get that out of my face. Yeah. I'm not vegan. And I just assume everything vegan I've tried is right. a lower version of that thing. Exactly, dude. So I would just shut the fuck up. Unless they ask for it. And we still do that to this day. That's the first thing when I hire someone, I was like... Don't say it's vegan unless they ask. Yeah. Like, legit. Just shut up. You know? And yeah. they're like, but what? I'm like, no. Like, because I was like, all right. And literally, they'll come with me, especially at Farmer's Market. I always used to, like, training new employees and shit. And I'm like, that's a vegan donut. They'd be like, wait, what? You know? And yeah. shit. I'm like, it's, it's an interesting point because I think a lot of people go, we, we have to market this because so many people are talking about it. But the actual 
percentage of people that are vegan is very small Mm -hmm. but it's a very vocal crowd because it's hard to find stuff that's vegan so when they find something they get really really excited and they spread the word yes and and i think because of that and they bring their checkbook too (laughs) (laughs) and i think businesses go oh these customers there must be a lot of them because we're hearing about it a lot but i think it's like no it's just that group of people is very very passionate Mm -hmm. because it's hard to find really good vegan food yeah and so it is interesting that you're like have it available yeah but like you said most people who are getting donuts especially i'm not getting this because i'm trying to eat healthy right now i'm getting this because i'm trying to like i'm trying to splurge yeah and that opened up a whole new sector for us like not even just vegan you know like which we do veg fest which one of our favorite festivals they go hard and i love it and it's even opened me up too to like the endless amount of quality vegan food that we have Mm -hmm. they're just like damn this is vegan and you won't even know it you know and then also too, it was like it also kind of changed the model too for us as well because like I was like with raised donuts, like those are very sensitive donuts. It's like you know after a couple hours they're not that good, but with our cake donuts, those things are like tanks, dude. Yeah. Like you can leave them sitting for, you know, days, like up to three days, and they'll still be super sexy. Yeah. And it also changed the way in which we prep things because here I am now I can make a bunch of cake batter mix and have that sit in a fridge or freezer for up to a month and it could just be ready to go yeah so now it changed that whole dynamic of like on demand baking you know and shit like whereas like during winter like i'll just randomly get orders of like a couple of dozens like it won't be race donuts which would take hours to make yeah it's like oh shit i'll go to the kitchen i already have my premium buckets pour them to the fucking things do them up and then boom i can make like a dozen in like under an hour yeah you know that's hot so it really changed that model and just add another layer yeah you know and stuff like that so i was just like i'm i'm grateful that you know our donuts like went that came the way it did yeah uh that puts us at an hour right there Mm -hmm. uh but i will say i think the reason we get along so well is because it's like we'll let we'll figure out the thinking later like if if we if we get if we got a good idea or gut instinct about something like let's just do it and go i think you're the one person where i have to be like all right let's slow down for once yeah so we're we're, (laughs) all right we're doing this pop-up at able to try to fund uh north you know the rebuilding the north side and even i was like yes let's go let's go let's go and then all of a sudden i was like okay wait i actually got to take a step back here and be the guy that's like hey let's let's play this out a little yeah, bit more no, oh, yeah. and it's funny because right after this we're gonna have talks about this shit i'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh no and that's why i fuck with you though because like i like every time i see you it's always growth you know and shit like that like i can't tell you how many and i'm grateful you know and stuff that people want to talk to me and like ask me like what to do in certain ways and consult with them and help them but that shit gets tiring, you know? And it's like, and then I don't want to always be that person. Yeah. Like, I love being around people who are growing and shit like that. And it's like, yo, Rob, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, shit, I'm at Starbucks. And it's like, oh, now I'm fucking talking Walmart, like, type shit, you know? It's like... <laughs> I would never be in Starbucks, I know, but, but saying, I know, I know you're You know, it's saying. like, bro, like, that shit makes me want to keep going, you yeah. know? Instead of, like, you know... And I'm not trying to put people down or whatever. It's just, it just gets tiring. It's like you offer your services and all this like knowledge and experience that you work so hard for to give it to someone who's just like blabbing who probably won't do shit with it you know it's like kind of like a waste of time if if i'm being completely honest you can you kind of start to notice it of people that are reaching out to and you can tell that they're like i want your advice yeah just so you can tell me what to do right and then also tell me how to do it and then also help me do it right and i don't think it's most people's intention but i think people unintentionally do that and they Mm -hmm. don't know that they're basically asking you to take on a project right it's like hey yeah in our first year i probably would do all that just to be a part of something right but time gets more and more limited right and so me when i approach somebody my whole thing is like i will only approach somebody for advice and i learned this kind of the hard way when people i talked to got distant and i was like why is that and i realized oh i was doing nothing but taking advice so now when i approach people i'm like I only want to ask for help or advice if I think in the long run that I could do something in return or help them in some way mm-hmm. or provide something of value. Right. So I, I, I'm pretty over the top about anytime I ask advice, I try to come with something right. that could help them too. Exactly. And, and yeah, I think that's a good point is that don't ask advice just to ask it so that person feels like you're engaged. Like mm-hmm. only do it if you're legitimately looking for that right. advice because too many times you're like, 
oh, you don't care what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> like you really don't care. Yeah, you just yeah. wanted to, it's the, it's the person at the end of like a class lecture mm-hmm. and any questions, well, I, you know, yeah. they ask a question cause they feel like they should. Right. And it's like, oh, you don't really care about that. You right. just wanted to make sure they knew you were asking exactly. a question. <laughs> or like even at that moment, they just feel motivated, you know, yeah, yeah. inspired. And then the next week they're not, you know, it's like, that, there's a, big difference between motivation and just yeah. like doing real work right and it's motivation's nice like right. it's i love watching videos and getting mm-hmm. motivated for a couple hours but yeah. it's like that's not that's not what success is in the yeah. long run and i wouldn't even consider us a success at this point no. and i think most right. most people i know with successful businesses they would never consider themselves successful even the people who are wildly successful right. it's a weird mindset exactly and it's crazy, you know, it's like, but I think the separation is like people who just, they see it and they do action, yeah. but sustain that action. You know, it's like, and I'm sorry, I don't want to extend this, but I yeah, think it's, it's no big deal. one thing that sucks and the biggest thing is I see so much potential, but especially people in our age group, have, like, they're so scared to take an L, bro. Like the single handed thing, like I can look back on some of my reviews and like, People haven't had the best experience, like, or they thought my shit was shit, but I don't give a fuck, you know? Like, you just keep going. And even further than being scared on taking the L, yeah, they're scared of not being the next huge thing. Mm-hmm. And that's always blown my mind is, I always get immediate questions like, what's your exit strategy? What's your what's your five-year, 10-year plan? What's right. your exit strategy? What, what, what do you need to be valued at to flip this? And I'm yeah. like, man, I didn't know if I'd make it to two years. Like right. I'd be more than happy to have a right. business that sustains and I can do what I like long right. term. Yeah. But in our generation, it's like this whole thing. You start a business, you scale it up five years, flip it and you're done. Yeah. And it's like, obviously that'd be awesome to mm-hmm. make, but like those yeah. don't happen. Right. Like, the, the, when they do, it's like a huge funded th- whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it's a, like, I think what I was saying is like you and I just like, Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Let's figure it out if this works. Well, right. why do you think it might work? I don't. I don't know if it will, but I'll right. know real quick. <laughs> right, exactly. Because we're about to do it. <laughs> exactly. Just fail as fast as possible, bro. Yeah. Literally, I want to fall flat on my face, like out the starting gates, like off the blocks, you know, and then fuck it up afterwards, yeah. you know, and shit. Like that's a that's probably some of the biggest piece, like that I like gems I've received ever. Yeah, it's just fuck up fast. And that's it. <laughs> Cause like, I wouldn't you rather fuck up like on a on an operating budget of five grand than like five hundred grand? Yeah. Like, and then that's when you fucking with people's livelihood, mm-hmm. dudes who are committed to you, who moved here from different towns, who bought houses and blah. And then you, f- I, I wouldn't be able to really take that. Yeah. You know and shit. Like, I'd rather just be like, yo, we fucked up. You know and shit. Damn. But like, I, looks like I'm not gonna get like my Cinnabon pack every Tuesday. Or whatever. <laughs> you know, like I can live with that shit. Yeah. You know, that's cool. But like. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it's and it's a it's a different approach to business too. Is keep an overhead low so that when you're failing fast early, like you can figure that out. And that's right. that's the way we're doing it too. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. It, it makes it less scary, but there is a point where you go like, hey, maybe we do put on the gas and go bigger at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can figure it out as you go. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 well over an hour here, so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna cut <laughs> yeah, it off here just because we kind of keep it at that. Because right. I, I could talk like this all day. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, you thanks for it. coming in, man. We'll talk about this pop up, and we'll yeah. get that we'll get that pop in here soon. Fuck out, bro. Uh, and mm. yeah, and I'll finish it and just say, uh, <laughs> have a nice day. Oh.